1: Hello, I am Jamie McKinley and welcome to another episode of Just Get A Real Job, the podcast where we speak to emerging creatives and creatives alike from across the creative industries, recording this week's episode from Elliot Studios, so I've got Elliot right next to me, so <laughs> just looking at me as I record this, which is, you know it doesn't normally happen. So You better nail this. I've got the the pressures on the pressures on I know it's not like me to babble an intro but as always welcome to the podcast if you are a new listener thank you for tuning in if you are a returning listener thank you very very much for your continued support we really appreciate it remember as always if you're enjoying the podcast to leave us a wee review somewhere or to share us or if you can even afford to donate to our patreon page as well there's a link to that in the show notes all that stuff is really really important to independent podcasts like yourself and also if you haven't listened to all of our episodes yet or you just started listening and there's, there's plenty to catch up and we have 45 episodes now in the back catalogue, so go back and have a wee look, there's some great conversations. Yeah, I know it's been a pretty hectic six weeks because I've been working two jobs and trying to run this podcast and I know I maybe haven't been able to put quite as much effort into the intros and stuff as I did when we were in lockdown and things, so... We wrap on the show I'm working on in two days, so I'm hoping to have a little bit more time now to focus on the podcast, so we'll get some more episodes recorded, and yeah, hopefully have a fun August, and I'm hoping as well we can maybe get some fringe performers on the podcast in August and do some stuff, plus we have the, the fifth day of the episode coming up, so we've got something special planned for that, don't we Elliot? Yes. <laughs> he doesn't know what it is yet, I'm just going to spring on I him I have later. no idea. But without much further ado, it's time to introduce this week's episode. And speaking to us this week, we have the lovely Ben Barrow and Lucy Ireland, and they are both writing partners, they're composers, they also act, they've done loads of interesting things, and they both currently have a musical they composed themselves called From Here, which is currently running at the Chiswick Playhouse on London at the moment, so anyone who's listening who's around, go and, go and make sure and try and walk, go and see that, because it, it sounds very good, they'll, they'll talk more about it, as of course, in this conversation. But I really, really enjoyed chatting to Ben and Lucy, they had lots of interesting things to say, it was a very good laugh. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode and I'll be back at the end. Hi Ben and Lucy, how are you both doing? Nice to have you on the podcast. Hello. Very lovely.
2: good, thank you. Thanks for
1: having us. No, it's a pleasure. It's, it's, we'd only done one interview where we'd had two people on, but I think it works quite nicely and it's, it's, you know changes things up as well. So feel free to both interrupt each other and me whenever. <laughs> how are you both though? Are you good?
2: <laughs> yes very good
1: thank you well you've obviously both have got your musical on right now which is like that's happening at the moment so like you it's been a busy few weeks for you I imagine
0: yeah been a very hectic schedule actually since kind of the beginning of this month both in tech and then starting previews yeah we, we started previews last Saturday night so this is our first full week that we're kind of in the midst of now and yeah it's, it's really settling down really nicely and we're, we're having a good time. Brilliant. Yeah
1: good and obviously from here is currently playing at the chiswick playhouse isn't it so like we'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can in london anyway can have a wee look at that and you know maybe go along and watch but like well you're both quite interesting people because you've got various creative assets so you're both composers but you're also actors and and musicians and stuff. So like would you like to just firstly maybe start by telling the listeners a bit about like what you both do and how you maybe view yourselves as creatives?
2: Personally or together? What would just you just like? one by
1: one, whatever you whatever you <laughs> prefer.
2: Yeah, so I went to the Guildford School of Acting, graduated 2019, did the Actor Musicianship course. Since then, I've done a couple of kind of small projects and I'm hopefully going to be going on tour soon with the UK tour of Footloose. But yeah, I like to delve into everything, obviously, acting, singing, dancing, music. And then also composing, obviously, with this as well. But, yeah.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. And Ben? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's becoming a little bit strange with me and Lucy. We appear to be following each <laughs> other around a little bit. Uh, so I also went to GSA at the same time. That's how we met. So, yeah, again, 2019 graduating year so we spent three years together at uni. Since graduating 2019 I've worked as musical director for a couple of musicals for an adaption of The Tempest as well. I've also worked as a performer in a couple of pantomimes, a few musicals, a few concerts and obviously as a composer arranger with Lucy too and also I am due to be going on tour with Footloose at the end of the year so we both, <laughs> we both went to drama school at the same time, met each other at drama school Found out we wanted to write together, found this passion for writing together and then got cast in our first <laughs> UK tour together. So I found out I like we're probably pretty much inseparable at this point.
2: <laughs> yeah, we can't. I can't get rid of him. I can't get rid yeah. of him.
1: excellent well it's a package deal but um well thank you for both coming on the podcast together obviously and we'll go into more of the stuff you just sort of given us a brief taste of there as we go on but we sort of like to start the podcast by asking our guests like what are your earliest creative memories so we can we can go one by one whoever wants to go first but what do you remember like as a kid and stuff what your earliest memories creatively what are
2: Gosh, so re- that's a good question. Ben, Thank you go you. first. I need to have
0: a think. I re- I really clearly, actually. So there's a video. I don't know if it's still doing the round, but it used to it used to come out every now and again, which is of me when I was about two or three. And that's when I got my first, like you know, little child's keyboards that you press one button and it plays a song and it lights up and it's all really exciting. And there was a video of me getting really excited at one of those keyboards when I was about probably two and a half years old. And um, yes, yeah, so I, I guess that's kind of it. I was introduced to it really, really early on. And then actually my first proper, in earnest, musical creative memory was learning to play the guitar, which is something I don't do anymore now. It's kind of strange how it yeah. evolved. So I actually started on guitar when I was about five or six. I went for guitar lessons every week. And yeah, from there, just lots of different avenues kind of opened up. And then that's one that kind of dropped off, which is interesting looking back on how it all began versus how it is now. And yeah.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. And, and how about you, Lucy?
2: My earliest... Creative memory definitely has to be my mum filming me singing as a kid with like a karaoke microphone, (laughs) singing S Club 7 in the kitchen, (laughs) just loving it, having no fear, just loving the attention and people watching me (laughs) sing. That was probably the funniest memory I have. I think I was, a, I was kind of similar with Ben. I started piano about the age of five as well. And I remember having one of those little toy keyboards that just make the most <laughs> awful sound.
1: I think everyone um, had them, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah very popular. Yeah.
2: But I remember that very vividly as well. Yeah. But those are the two I, I can think of.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and, and just to sort of, to segue into this, but like, what sort of instruments do you both play between you then? Because I'm imagining you're both very musical, so there must be like quite a range there between you both.
2: Yeah, so I play piano, then my second instrument is clarinet, and then I also play the saxes oh. as well, but that's only more of a recent thing, so still working on oh, those.
1: That's <laughs> pretty impressive, to be fair.
2: Thank you. <laughs>
0: also also piano and then I have a soprano sax and alto sax and a tenor sax so I'm basically just the sax family
1: basically I guess how you could describe me <laughs> yeah no I'm very I'm kind of I'm always jealous of musicians because I I love music and I used to sing and stuff in bands when I was a teenager and things but I can't play anything like I've tried I could play a little bit of guitar but I just don't have the rhythm for it I could only ever sing so I'd always be <laughs> that guy that would like be around all my mates who are very musical including Elliot who edits this podcast you can play everything and I'm always just enviously looking at you so I mean it's impressive to me anyway so it's great that you guys have got such a range of instruments thank
2: you thank you it's fun it's fun
1: (laughs) i suppose it helps when you're composing musicals anyway definitely as well yeah definitely
2: yeah Yeah, like i think piano is kind of like a given but it would yeah i'd love to learn guitar though or even the drums that'd be great (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I, yeah I suppose when you're like very musical though it's easier to pick up other instruments as well because it sort of ties in doesn't it
2: yeah it just depends on so you could say for example I've learned clarinet and it's been much easier for me to learn sax but because they're from the same family going from like piano to guitar is so different so it depends on what kind of instrument but definitely yeah,
0: yeah. I, I have a, a counter experience to that which was in, in our second year at GSA I think kind of we all kind of had this theory of oh how, how can it be to play each other's instruments which resulted in me who'd never touched a string instrument in my life attempting to play the violin in one of our second year. going which is still up there with the most embarrassing things I've ever done in front of people so yeah but but I mean yeah it, it's it's in some ways harder when you are musical because you find it so much harder to go back to that learning process and you you find it Mm. hard to find something because you know how it should sound if that makes sense so having that musical Mm. ear is is good because it helps you to change and adapt to things but also you, you become so hyper aware of what you should be sounding like that it can also be a block so yeah
1: a bit of both yeah that's very interesting actually that's very interesting well another question we sort of like to start on the podcast at the beginning is we'd like to ask our guests like how where they're from has had an influence on them creatively so I don't actually I didn't get when I was researching where you actually are both from so You maybe tell me that first and then we can go from there.
2: I originally came from a little town called South Cave in East Yorkshire, which is where I actually started at Stagecoach uh, from about the age of five. But, I currently live in Harrogate in North Yorkshire, which I moved there when I was about seven. And yeah, I kind of, again, just continued going to like Saturday school and doing my piano lessons and that just continued yeah. to now.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. We, we like Yorkshire and Scotland, particularly. I, I mean, I, I used to go on holiday there a lot. It's good. Sorry, Ben, I'm not slight. don't worry. It's all good. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but like see, growing up in Yorkshire, Lucy, was there like, do you think it was a creative place? Do you think it has like, quite a lot of things going on there creatively yeah
2: yeah I mean I'm obviously I was very close to Leeds and York which have really good theatres nearby Mm -hmm. and Bradford they've got the Alhambra but no yeah there's so many places actually in Harrogate where I was so many like drama schools and drama like like festivals even stuff like that and Mm -hmm. so many people who i kind of did Saturday school with have now gone on to go into the theatre industry and have really been really successful so there's definitely a lot of talent there as well as that yeah
1: it's brilliant no the the sort of reason we asked this question on the podcast is it's great to sort of get to know all the different places people are from because there's so much talent across the UK and the world because we've had people from various countries on the podcast and I always just love hearing about people's personal experiences from their hometown so that's sort of why we asked this question so thank you for sharing that Uh, but Ben where are you from then?
0: I'm from Cumbria, so I'm I'm slightly, close oh, to, yeah, yeah, slightly closer to Yeah, even yeah. closer, <laughs> yeah. Working our way up to Scotland. Yeah. Um, but the north's fine, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. general <laughs> yeah. good. So, I mean, interestingly, it's an interesting question to ask how that kind of influenced creatively, because I guess I kind of had to go a little bit further to kind of experience any kind of regional theatre or touring theatre like it wasn't necessarily on the doorstep like the closest places to me were either Blackpool or Manchester but kind of consequently I've got a load of nice memories looking back now of my mum taking me for trips on the train to either Blackpool or Manchester to go and see whichever shows were touring and it was always a really exciting thing to have that kind of not ridiculously close by even but to be able to kind of go and and see it and and that was kind of what shaped me that kind of touring theater uk tours regional productions that kind of went everywhere rather than obviously being in in a big city where where it's accessible all the time so yeah i mean i guess if that probably answers your question
1: Yeah, well, just this, just to throw another question out on the hoof, but like I guess both as you both sort of come from maybe like smaller places, not big cities, and stuff. Do you think the pandemic has made theatre more accessible for everyone because they don't people don't have to go to like a theatre to see it and stuff now?
2: Absolutely, yeah. And I think as well, a lot of online theatre is like much cheaper, so a so, you know, it's an easier. It's more accessible for people, you know, who can't afford London prices because it is a lot of money and it's a lot to travel. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: for sure. I, th- I think I think if in a, in a situation that's very hard to take any positives from, I think the theatre <laughs> yeah. the industry as a whole has and and individuals specifically who like you see on Twitter or you see making these things happen, who aren't necessarily the big producers, who are the, the smaller people who are trying to pave their own way and people who are trying to have a presence and trying to help everyone to kind of find these new solutions and use their innovation and technology. And I think that's that's something that's really, as an industry, should kind of look at sticking with and, and keeping using these new mm-hmm. ways. It can only be a good thing to have theatre reach more people. It can never be, that can never be a bad thing.
1: 100%. No, I, I like to sort of ask this question to people especially who are involved in theatre because, I, I mean, I'm not so much involved. I'm more into, I'm more involved with the TV and film side of things, but, like, I do... I love theatre. I studied it in my undergrad as well, and, like, I, I just like to speak to people like yourself who, so, you know, you are basically part of that industry now really so it's just good to hear that and obviously as you say it's it's hard to find a positive at the moment so like we have to sort of look at what we can but it's also I imagine brilliant for you to be back on stage as we'll come on to soon
0: yeah definitely absolutely there there is still no feeling quite like having an audience experience a piece together and having the atmosphere I think it it, that's what it misses when when it's all online Mm. the atmosphere that you get with a
1: room, for, not even full of people, but just
0: when more people can experience
1: the same thing. Yeah, in this yeah. Space. I've not been able to go back to the theater yet, and I cannot wait. I've got some, I booked some shows for the fringe, and I, I just can't wait to get back there and see some live theater again. It's going to be great. But I have another fun question for you both, which I do really enjoy, and especially because you're both, you know, from Yorkshire and Cumbria. But we like to ask everyone what their favorite word from where they're from is. So do you both have a favorite word or phrase from where you're from?
2: Oh my goodness. my mind's gone my mind's gone blank
1: i know it always happens it always happens to a lot of people take your time though take your time i i was so here's here's the thing right i was told
0: really recently and i've never been pulled up on this and maybe if there's any other cumbrians that listen to this podcast they can help me out on this one so i used to believe so the word episode As in, we're recording the episode of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I I got it into my head, or this is the way I've always pronounced it as episode with an F sound in there. (laughs) And I was convinced until recently that that was a dialect thing. Mm -hmm. I was was fully convinced until I think it was actually you, wasn't it, Lucy, that told me it was it it can't have been, and that it was just me. I I was, yeah, (laughs) I
2: was there. uh,
0: (laughs) Koreans out there, help me out. Do you say episode, or do I just say it wrong?
1: (laughs) You know, there's a few words. There's a few words like that, and because I- I'm from Fife in Scotland, and I don't know if this is a Fife thing. I did the same as you, like where I'm like, is this a dialogue thing or dialect <laughs> even, or is this just me being stupid? But I Princess Street in Edinburgh, I call it Princess Street. I always do. I refuse to call it Princess Street, which is actually called. And Westminster, <laughs> it's obviously Westminster, but I always say Westminster. What's I just, just like every that? time, I just I, for whatever. I, maybe that's just me being silly, but similar, I'm gonna go it? with it being a yeah, it's a similar thing. <laughs> so yeah, I, I like let's go with that we'll go with that have you had time to think of a word yet Lucy
2: I mean yeah I'm not sure this is specific to my location but the word that I always used to enjoy saying was you know when you go I don't want to say it but an alleyway so if you Mm -hmm. go down an alleyway I've always called it a ginnel. yeah I don't know if that's like a specific thing to Yorkshire or something but I remember somebody like what's that and I was like oh it's like like an alleyway but I've always called it a ginnel.
1: I, I don't know if that. that's never heard it, but brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It probably is like a Northern sense. word or something.
2: I yeah. think so. Yeah,
1: that's great. I love this question. Yeah. I get to pick. Up, I get to pick up so many new yeah. phrases. It's brilliant.
0: My other, my other Cumbrian one is, and I, I don't know a lot about this, but it just always amuses me to, to remember this. Is that Cumbria has its own way of counting? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's one, two, three. I know it starts tegara I, I don't know if I can go, <laughs> into that. but brilliant. That's, that's the Cumbrian. Number alphabet, I suppose. Number mm. alphabet thing is the number alphabet
1: a thing, That's or have I just made it up? <laughs> yeah, we'll go, we'll, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. The, the first, <laughs> No idea. <laughs> the first AD on the TV series I've been working on at the moment is actually from Cumbria, and she's great. She comes out with some great, great phrases over the mic sometimes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. got a lot of Cumbrian going on at the moment. But I sort of suppose I should now ask you both about like how you two met and stuff. So like you're both sort of grown up in your respective towns. So how did it come about that you decided to both go to the Guilford, It's Guildford School of Drama? Is that that's the correct place? I've got it right. Brilliant. School of Acting, yeah,
2: yeah. School of Acting, so close. No, uh, I
1: right, don't worry. Yeah, we like to say
2: GSA for sure.
1: Uh, I, I was trying to show off thinking I, I didn't even have to yeah. look at my notes, but I'll look at my notes next <laughs> time. There you go. But yeah, how did that come about?
2: So... For me, I knew that I didn't want to do musical theatre, and I wasn't set that I wanted to do just acting, so I came across an actor-musician course, and there was three places, I think, at the time. There was GSA, Rose Bruford, and Mountview, and I went to all three and auditioned for all three, but GSA, just above all of them, I just really loved the school and just ended up auditioning there, getting a place, and just really wanting to go and so that was kind of how I ended up there.
0: Brilliant. Yeah I guess I guess similarly really I mean lots of research kind of throughout the sixth form years of of where where was good and then I actually ended up going on a summer course at GSA uh, on a musical theatre summer course the year before we actually went there and before I'd even auditioned I, I knew that I absolutely loved it there as Lucy said and it was just such a nice place to be and Guildford is Also just beautiful. Love Guildford. And yeah, similarly, kind of auditioned December 2015, which just feels like a lifetime ago now. And yeah, the rest was was history. And then we we both ended up on the Actor Muser course, which was really new by the time we got there, actually. It was only... Mm -hmm we only the second year that they took in on the active musician course, so it was really new, really exciting, and yeah, lots of good things happened.
1: Great, and that, that's really interesting. Do you remember like how you both met? Then do you remember like how you started working together in a creative way? Is that is that an interesting story? Sounds like it uh, should
2: be. I do think I think it's literally <laughs> as simple as we just we obviously we all met on the course kind of in Mm. in a freshers week and me and Ben just instantly like kind of got on and just I don't know I think I don't think there's a there's an interesting story there maybe Ben can remember (laughs) I remember
0: remember on the very first day when we all went into the building I think it was the Sunday before we actually started so none of us had ever met each other and it was all a little bit awkward all a little bit quiet all a little bit shy but we'd had a group chat beforehand we'd had a, a Facebook messenger group which I think Lucy you started didn't you you kind of found everyone to go into it
2: yes that's true
0: and I remember because I, I, I basically I, I and it wasn't a deliberate thing on my part I just kind of didn't but being the shy little 17 year old I was never actually messaged in this group chat uh, probably not even <laughs> in, the whole time, in the three months before we went and Lucy was like just probably the most vocal on by by stark contrast so it was me like never saying a word and Lucy just like spamming this group chat every day and then when we got there I remember Having more of an idea of who Lucy was for this reason, and kind of feeling like I knew her a little bit better, and we we're all sat around in the foyer of GSA, and Lucy was sat opposite me. I think. I don't even know if you remember this, but I, I've got a really. Good <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: scared where this is going. Yeah, you look
0: very, you look very alarmed, Lucy. I must say. Very, very I, just, I just didn't remember, like standing around the room and just looking at everyone, and then making eye contact with Lucy, who just like instantly on day one just pulled like the most ridiculous face back at me. And then that was it. And that's what I remember. It's just Lucy pulling a funny face back at me.
2: I do not remember that. I do not remember
0: that. that. And it kind of fit with what I'd
1: expected. (laughs) 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 That's nice. Uh, you know what Ben I, that makes me feel better because I'm the friend like when I speak to any of my mates I'm always the one that remembers like everything that you know how we all met they're all like I don't recall that sorry mate and I'm like oh maybe I'm just overly nostalgic or something
0: maybe now's a good time to mention Lucy's nickname <laughs> go
2: for it, you go, for um, it. go for it so I have a tendency to be very forgetful with like short-term memory kind of things like you would think mm-hmm. I have short-term memory loss, so I've adapted the nickname from Ben, <laughs> and our producer for the show, called Dory from Finding Nemo. <laughs> Excellent. Because, uh, yeah, because I just I I can't retain anything. I forget something that happened a day ago instantly. I have to be reminded. But yeah.
1: Bro, we'll, we'll chuck it, we'll chuck we'll chuck it a wee soundbite of Dory here. I think that that'll work well. We'll do that when it comes out. Uh,
2: I love that. <laughs> I've seen a boat. It passed by not too long ago. It, it went, um, this way. Yeah, It went this way. Follow me.
0: Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
2: What is going on? You already told me which way the boat was going. I did?
1: Oh, uh, no. If this is some kind of practical joke, it's not funny. And I know funny. I'm a clownfish. No, it's not. I know it's not. I'm, I'm so sorry. See, I, I suffer from short-term memory loss. Short-term memory loss. I don't believe it. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do that. No, that's great. Well, I actually have a question which is quite interesting because I've not really had a writing partnership on the podcast before, like two people that have worked together. So it's kind of interesting for the listeners and stuff who maybe want to, because a lot of our listeners are writers and things, but maybe they haven't worked for the people. So how do you both find working with someone else to write a project? Like what's your experience of that being... And like, what would your advice be to other people who maybe want to do that?
2: I mean, I've only really written stuff with Ben. So Mm. that's kind of been the experience of that, my full experience of that. I'd say that it's good to find someone that, so it's better to have two people that do slightly different things because then you complement each other in other ways. So there's certain skills that Ben has that, I'm not as good at and some things that I'm I find easier etc and I think in that way when we work together it's a much easier process because we kind of come together and then do those separate things and then it all combines and it kind of all aligns together
0: but yeah, definitely that. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> advice I would do as well, like just thinking about any tips. And I've been thinking about this more kind of in the last couple of weeks, actually. Obviously, goes without saying, if you've got an idea and you want to write something, write it. But in terms of a writing partnership and if you're writing with someone else, I think if it's somebody, because me and Lucy we were fortunate that by the time we started writing, we were already really good friends. We were really close friends. It's about knowing how each other works on a personal level as well as mm-hmm. a, professional level as well I think and as well as the skill set of kind of okay you do this better and I do this better also knowing how each other works and how like how to best be with each other just generally because it's it's a process where you're going to spend a lot of time communicating you're going to spend a lot of time talking to each other and if you don't get a sense of how to bounce off that person or a sense of of being having a relationship outside of what you write then I would imagine and, and like I'm again this is just from my personal experience I can't say this but I'm really grateful that in our experience we we've kind of known each other and we're we're good friends and we know what makes each other tick uh so get to know the people who you want to write with as well have a drink yeah agreed and, and make it make it a friendship as well as a writing partnership right a writing a writing partnership. Right. <laughs> Is that a Cumbrian phrase, or are we just... <laughs> no, no,
1: that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's interesting as well. Because I also imagine you can be friends with someone and you're just maybe not meant to write. You're not, like, sort of meant to write together because, you know, sometimes you can be friends with somebody but it just doesn't work creatively as well. So I think it probably works both ways. But I think imagine being able to get on with the person you're working with is essential, and, and probably you'd like to hope you would. Otherwise, it wouldn't be very fun. So Yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah, yeah for sure. Definitely.
1: And, and obviously, like the project you've been writing from here is a musical. So, like, it's not just been writing like a play or anything. It is, it's obviously been writing, I imagine, dialogue, but also writing songs, composing and stuff. So, like, that is quite a big project. So, like, do you want, I don't know if you're able to take me through the sort of process of getting this show from starting off as like an idea to like where it is on the stage now, which is actually quite incredible, to be honest. So, well done.
0: Yeah. So, we, we started writing about. April last year so April 2020 so basically the show I don't, I don't know whether you're going to come to this but I to give you a loose outline of the show in case I would love to know.
1: if I was in London I would happily come down but I'm I don't yeah. think I'll make it sadly but oh that's that's okay but so
0: <laughs> the rough idea of the show is that it's about this idea of do we look for, in our experiences, in the moments that we go through in our lives, do we look for endings to things that we're going through currently? Do we do we like the idea of a happy ending or do we like the idea of the chance to start something new, at like a new beginning? Which do we aim for most? That kind of idea is, is what we're going for. And that mm-hmm. kind of came about from not knowing when we started writing this last April, kind of having the chat about how are we going to come out of this pandemic? Oh, And we didn't know when that was going to be at this point. We didn't know what it was going to be. But we wanted to take that idea and not make it a show about lockdowns pandemics things like that but to make it take that theme and kind of run with it and and to work out how that fed into our everyday lives of beginnings and endings and very soon we found out that we just couldn't get away from that idea so That's when we started. I'll let Lucy take over.
2: From here, yeah. I mean, I'd say, yeah, that's pretty much how the process happened. We've been writing it since then, up until now, obviously. And we've been rewriting it as we go. And (laughs) there's been changes and things. And we've kind of found that, so being in the rehearsal room, with director and the actors it's been really nice to see how they kind of interpret the work and there's been changes that have come about from you know them we've kind of heard them sing it and thought oh this this could be changed to this etc so it has been quite a collaborative process which has been really really nice but yeah I think for anyone coming to see the show with the idea of that endings and beginnings there is something in there which I hope everybody can relate to or can take away from it so when you come to see it there's obviously so many different things in there so many different aspects of life but I think there's something which everyone can take away and it's, it's kind of got that universal message in it
0: in true 2020 and 2021 style we wrote the whole show on zoom as well so everything we did everything, everything was done without yeah. actually which was kind of weird but we we made it work.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. It surprisingly worked quite well. I don't. I don't know how it did. It just kind of ha- worked out great, balanced.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Well. Well. Interestingly, we'd had. I mean, we'd had over forty creatives on this podcast now, and a lot of people have made like stuff over Zoom, and it's all, a lot of our guests have all been creative and locked in lockdown, and it's amazing how people adapted and just kept. Working and i mean this podcast was created in lockdown so we all like sort of just kind of we were all creative people and we all had to sort of keep working and keep making stuff but i mean it's great that you were able to sort of like put a show together on zoom and stuff so i imagine like all the rehearsals were on zoom as well like Everything.
2: No, so our rehearsals were in person for the show itself, but we did all our demos and stuff for the show. So, like, kind of all the like the interview process, and that was kind of all done through Zoom for all our creatives. And we did self tapes initially for the cast, but then we had an in person audition because we wanted to hear them sing the material. Yeah, the majority of the process has been online though. So, yeah, it's yeah.
1: strange. And, like, composing this together, like, how did how did that work online? Because, you like, I remember you said in the other interview I watched from you guys in April that you hadn't actually seen each other in real life at that point. So, like, were you just sending each other songs, like, sending each other scripts and things back and forth? Like, that must have been quite yeah. complex, actually.
0: The show is a song cycle. So, basically, we had this idea of beginnings and endings. From there, the process of most of the songs would start with Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> then be like how about we write a song about this? And it would be some crazy ideas. I was like, yeah, we can do that. And then I get it back and write some lyrics based on whatever Lucy had kind of said to me. And then it would go back to Lucy again because Lucy Mm. is the queen of writing a catchy melody that will... (laughs) heads but still kind of serve the purpose of a narrative lucy is the best i've ever met at doing that i think oh
1: high praise indeed
0: can be nice and then we kind of came together that's the time when we'd kind of come together on zoom to work out kind of musical arrangement usually with me sat at a piano lucy kind of working out some melodies and harmonies and that kind of bit would happen together and then we'd go away from there i'd record a piano track for the song that we just written and then we would record a demo so we'd use our recording equipment to record a demo for that song so actually it was kind of a five-ish stage process for each song so each song kind of took a bit of time but actually mm-hmm. we found that by the end of that we had something that was quite well crafted and we had a good record of because we'd taken the time and in some ways again I think if we're looking for positives to take out of this it's been, that was quite helpful because it meant that we weren't just in a room together and we went all right we'll come back to that yeah. later and made a record of it and go and went oh what did we do like we always had a really clear idea of, of what had happened And I think that was, that's been good And we'll have that forever, we can always hear how it Started versus how it is now That's yeah. great,
1: no, yeah, no I, I think Sort of having the creative process and Looking back on it's really interesting because I just watched that Bo Burnham inside special, yeah it's all about Him like, you know, it's sort of the whole show Is almost like his own creative process which I find really interesting actually But before I sort of ask you, I've got, I've got a question About how you got this sort of off the ground and how you ended up Getting it made and stuff anyway but I just wanted to sort of touch on the themes of this Show which I was reading about in the in the pre- previous stuff because I love the idea of like it's all about this sort of in between thing, like looking, you know, going for a goal and this sort of idea of like a fairy tale ending. But then what comes after that? Does it fulfill you of what you want? It's a, something I've always tried to touch on when I've written scripts and stuff. So I, when I read that female I was like, that's really interesting, I need to ask them about that.
2: I think, again, yeah, kind of, again, it came from that idea of the pandemic and, you know, being stuck in something where you, you don't know where you're going and being on a journey and not being sure where that is going to end. But essentially that is seen in everything that we experience in life. So, you know, in the show, we've got themes such as grief, relationships, family, love, friendship, so many different things that it explores. And with something like grief, you might think that that's just kind of, that's it, like that happens. But we kind of, we all know that there is like, different stages of grief I mean most of us have experienced it at some point in all in our lives and we will experience it so it's that kind of idea of you know learning to live with it and moving on from it and the same with like a friendship like a friendship may not last forever but you may come back to that person or you may you may never see them again etc so it's just kind of that thing and seeing things that happen to us in our lives in a different way and just kind of rather than seeing them as one thing and then another and then another it's kind of sitting in the in-between of those moments I guess yeah yeah I
0: think without wanting to give too much away from the show as well it's it's it becomes very apparent as it became very apparent to us as writers that you kind of can't get away from this idea of the beginning of something new the end of something because they're so interlinked in our lives as well they that you can't You almost can't split them because as soon as you're careering for the end of something, you're also coming towards the beginning of something else as a consequence. And that's what we do in our lives. And that's what we very quickly realise, that we we don't take maybe potentially enough time to kind of sit in those moments in between where we're not pushing for one or the other. And that's hopefully reflected in the show because we've created something which is we keep coming back to the word chaotic and what we (laughs) like. That is meant in the best, like in in the nicest way to what we've created possible. Like, we wanted it to never stop moving, to kind of always be in motion and this piece kind of be quite short it's only like a 75 minute show but that just never stops and takes you from one story to the next to the next to the next to the next so that by the end of the show when something happens which again i won't spoil it's but the the last couple of songs kind of run up to the, the finale and you kind of get more time to kind of sit in those moments and hopefully that will make sense as to why and then kind of by the end of the show it's almost like saying to an audience you've done it you, you've been able to, to in the middle of it you, you've been it's been in constant motion but now just take this moment Sit where you are, sit in the theatre, enjoy being back in this live space with other people and just sit in that. And that's that's what we want the audience to be by the end of the show, I guess.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. That was Yeah, full, full, yeah that sounds so. Well, thank you for that. Hello, it's JB here. You may have heard this advert several times before, but if not, this is basically just me taking a minute to remind you guys. That if you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. Now, as many of you might be aware, the podcasting landscape is incredibly saturated. And I mean, there's lots of podcasts. We all love podcasts. But it's very difficult for independent podcasts like us to sometimes break through and to be noticed. So doing things like sharing us on social media, word of mouth and just telling friends and family to listen, or even leaving us a little five star review on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, go so far in helping us to keep growing. Me and Elliot adore this podcast. We love making this podcast. So if you're able to help in any way by doing something like that, we'd be incredibly grateful, not just for our podcast, but if you love any independent podcasts, please try and give them a wee share or give them a review because it it goes so far. Another thing you can do if you enjoy the podcast as well, and we appreciate that this is a very difficult time, but if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us, you can donate as little or as much as you like to our Patreon page and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash justgetarealjob or you can click the link in the show notes. Anything you can afford, we are very grateful for. Thank you for your continued support and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. Um, well, I guess as well. I would just—I'm sort of interested how you got this show off the ground. Then how did how did you go about getting it made and stuff?
2: So actually, we were co- we were contacted by a wonderful producer. It's Dominic Gray, who's with Red Piano Productions, and he was interested in working with us. He'd heard some of our songs online because we'd actually posted some virtual choirs last year in lockdown, and we posted some other stuff on our Instagram. And we actually got invited to do a concert with him with kind of our relevant works that we've been doing, and then. It just so happened that he was interested in hearing more and he was like, are you working on anything else? And we were like, actually, we are. We have something in the process that we've been working on for a few months. And so from that point on, we kind of wrote more songs to try and make it into a full scale show. And then once we had all the demos, we sent it off to some theatres that were interested. And the Chiswick Playhouse loved it and wanted to put it on. And so from there, it's kind of all been in Dom's hands to produce and put on and now we're here so yeah.
0: In, in Dom's very excellent hands, we, we we like Dom, we're very appreciative of Dom. For it's
2: wonderful.
0: He's, he's been amazing, he's been absolutely brilliant with with the team he's managed to get together as well, right. with everything he's managed to pull together and the things he's managed to do with this very new show that he's taken a massive risk on so anybody out there go and check out Red Piano Productions and Dominic Gray, I'm sure he would
1: right. appreciate it. We'll chuck a wee link to Red Piano in the show notes as well for you then Don't worry at all go, cl- Click below to find out more there Well, that sounds great And obviously, when's the show run till? When is your show until for the listeners as well?
2: So it's running now until the 7th of August
1: Brilliant If I ever do find myself in London Who knows what I'll be doing in the next few weeks I will I will pop along and see it I genuinely would do that if I was in London But uh, go ahead, any of our English-based listeners Or even Scottish-based if you, Wherever, if you're in London, go and see the show <laughs> Can see us. Well, I've got some sort of other questions now. These are kind of funner ones, just about like you know musicals and stuff. But my first one is, and again, you can take time to think. I'll, you don't worry, we'll, we'll edit it so it sounds like you said it straight away. But my first, <laughs> que- my first question is like, what are your sort of big influences, like musically wise, or just like mm-hmm. in general? Who wh- who's influenced you both as artists the most? So this is the third project we've written now. And it's interesting Like this is a very
0: non-straight answer to this question, so I apologise. I'm going to go around the houses here, but we'll get there, I promise. It's interesting because when we were writing our first show and we were discussing how we wanted something to sound musically, we'd always say, oh, we want it to sound a bit like this song from this. Or we want to sound like, oh, we think it should sound like this song from this. (laughs) And that worked for us as a starting point and we able we, 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 we could recreate that and yeah, like I say it worked and then the material wasn't bad that we came up with. But it's interesting now that as we're now on our third show, that process has kind of stopped happening and we kind mm. of won't go we'll come to each other with with some lyrics or an idea for a song and won't necessarily have that reference point of oh it should sound like this song from this or it should oh this should be this moment in this show because i think that that's all now kind of intrinsic and and within us like we've taken the influence from the things we've heard and and that's kind of that's kind of in there now and we're trying to develop our own voices as a writing group i guess and use those things but not try to actually replicate and i think that's that's an important tip as well to take to to people who want to start is is by all means, take the influence, and to, it's a great place to start to try to sound like somebody else. But then, <laughs> at the end of the day, just just sound like you, because because that's that's what people want to hear is is your voices, your 100%. music. But anyway, I'll actually answer your question now. Oh, um, <laughs> explain. I, I, I was. I thought it was good. Getting... <laughs> we've been compared to the stuff that we've written is got a bit of Jason Robert Brown behind it in places. Is a little bit of that kind of feel, especially with the orchestration of this show it's for three pieces, which is piano, cello, mm. and guitar. So it kind of lends itself to that kind of style. Yeah, and I mean shows like Lyft, shows like Fugitive Songs, the kind of lesser known in inverted commas contemporary song cycles, which which try to do this similar thing. And um, yeah, I, I guess I guess that's kind of where we started. That's what we listened to. That was that was what we used to try and get this off the ground. Is, is kind of working out how they work and and what what basically is the connection between those musicals or, or those song cycles? Is that every song has the clearest journey possible? Yeah, yeah, because it, because you're not relying on like a book or dialogue in between these songs to kind of bridge the gap. You're you're kind of moving from one person's story, one character's story straight to the next. And that's something that Jason Robert Brown and Nathan Tyson and Chris Miller, who wrote fugitive songs and people like that, are really, really great at, at kind of taking on a journey within a song and then you're on to the next one and having that kind of larger journey that you might experience through a book musical condensed into four minutes. As a song
1: Yeah, that's great yeah. I actually listened to Home To You Before the interview as well Which was enjoyed So I have seen a little bit of your show I guess Doesn't really count But I have heard one of the songs I enjoyed it So very good
2: Brilliant. That was actually the first song we wrote Right at the start of April 2020 So it's in our hearts oh, <laughs> I love it Yeah, no, I mean, obviously Everything Ben said, to completely agree with. I think for me personally, like I've always had a big connection with musical theatre, even from a, such a young age. So that kind of sound in, when it comes to composing has always been in my head, like when it comes to melodies and things like that, when it, when putting that to, to lyrics and stuff, like I always, I love like a lyrical melody, something that is like really enjoyable, both to listen to, tells a story and also that the singer really enjoys. So there's so many influences, <laughs> like I don't know where to start, but yeah, just that in there. I've also personally always loved Sondheim. That's one of my favourite composers. Yeah. But yeah, right. I think, yeah, everything Ben said, absolutely.
1: Well, that actually ties in nicely for my next question, which I'm going to ask you both, which is, do you have a favourite musical and do you have a favourite song from a musical? Which is a really tough question, so you, I will allow you to have a few answers for it because I hate these questions. If I got asked that, I would be like, I don't, I don't know, I can pick, what do you know what I mean? So you can have I a go. I actually do.
2: I have an answer straight away for this. So my favourite musical... Not like in terms of music, but just in terms of like the whole show as Mm -hmm. a whole is Sweeney Todd, um, which is a really bizarre show because it's (laughs) about like it's a very dark subject. But I just I listened to the soundtrack and just fell in love with it, and that kind of made me like that that introduced me to Sometime, and from there I kind of listened to all of his his
1: other shows.
2: And my favorite song it's actually something that i like to sing and it's journey to the past from anastasia i love that song oh really it's i such, don't
1: know that one. Generally. Oh, it's such
2: a, such a classic i mean i first heard it in the film and then once they made mm-hmm. it into a musical i was like ah oh. so yeah it's one of my favorites
1: somebody was actually talking about anastasia recently on the podcast i totally forgotten what guest i lose track but yeah that's come up before in this so yeah it's a good the good answers how about it's yourself great- Ben?
0: okay so musicals I've got two sorry I can't narrow it down that's fine we'll,
1: we'll allow it we'll allow it
0: I'm gonna go for one contemporary and one kind of more classic golden age musical so my contemporary is next to normal I just think it's a beautifully crafted show that I would love to see over in the UK at some point as well and I think the classic kind of golden age musical I'd go for just because it has a really special place in my heart and I think that there's one particular moment in it which has kind of shaped a lot of the musical theatre we hear today, which is Carousel. Okay, uh, I've, I, yeah. I've never seen it actually. I'd like to see it. Carousel is—I yeah. I, I absolutely love it. It gets a bit bizarre in the second act, but we we move. And also, so favorite song, I would actually go for it's technically "If I Loved You" from Carousel. In if we're if going by that logic, but really, like there's a whole eight-minute sequence around that song, which is like it's mm. the bench scene, which is quite early on, and it's. Kind kind of the first time in musical theatre where you have I say the first time like one of the very early occasions in musical theatre where you have text going straight into song back into text back into song and everything flowing as one narrative and the text being the the music rather being so ingrained into that and yeah that always for me when I listen to it I just go oh yeah that's that's really that's really smart so that's kind of where that started there you go (laughs)
1: <laughs> that, was, that was some great answers From you both I love I how much Passion and detail You went into It's great Sometimes you get a guest Who just was like Oh yeah this And that's it Do you know what I mean So it's always nice To just have a, have a bit Of the backstory as well I find it interesting Well this is a, a quite a fun question And we, we this is a newer question On the podcast But we've been asking this Because we're obviously Still in a pandemic And we haven't been able To do these things For a long time But I'm going to give you Both like three categories And then from there I'll ask you a question So you can have A sweaty dance floor A drunken karaoke night Or a hungover Sunday So which would which of those three would you like to both pick?
2: Probably a sweaty dance floor, just because right. I miss dancing in a club. Yeah.
1: Well, what are you going to be dancing to then? What are you dancing to?
2: Grease Mix.
1: <laughs> oh, come on. That's been so long. I'd love to dance that as well. Oh, man.
2: Um, yeah. Or just like some classic 80s songs.
1: Yeah. I'd love, ABBA like, or something. Just anything. Yeah, yeah.
2: Just anything, really.
1: Oh, I miss it. I miss yeah.
0: it. Yeah. i I'll, I'll be i will be sweaty dance floor specifically in pop you're going world for it as well? specifically in pop world in Guildford. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Those were the days.
0: Yeah, all Absolutely. the cheese tunes.
1: Have you got like a particular song you're going to choose though?
0: Oh, oh, that's hard.
1: All of them. Just all all of pop All of World's them. World. Every. <laughs> Can I can I ask a very ignorant question as an ignorant Scottish person? I think I do know where Guildford is. I'm pretty sure I have a second cousin that lives there. Where is Guildford in really? It's down near London, right?
2: It's in yeah. Surrey, so it's just right, it's I like
1: so. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Southwest of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but cool. yeah. And my other choice would be Bohemian Rhapsody because oh, every time that always used to come on at the end of the night and everyone was just yeah, so drunk and loving life.
0: Also, don't stop me now, my Queen.
1: Oh. Just endless, man.
0: Yeah.
1: We're just making you're making me sad. I just <laughs> want to go dancing again. The, the 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 series I've been working on actually, they were filming this sort of it's set. Some of it's set in 1996. I can't give too much away because I've signed a thing. But like, and they had this big like dance like party scene, and they had like 70 essays, and it was like the closest I've felt to being at a night out in ages. I was just standing from afar watching, but I was like, wow, I feel like I'm nearly at a, a night out again, and it was it was nice for like three hours to pretend that it was real. <laughs>
0: star leaping through the sky like a tiger defying the laws of
1: gravity i'm a racing car passing by like lady godiva i'm gonna go 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 there's no stopping me i'm burning through the sky yeah. 200 degrees just the... yeah well i've got i'll start to wrap things up because i know we've nearly been speaking for an hour But before I sort of get into the last two questions of the podcast, I just sort of wondered what your and this is a very difficult question and none of us need to know the answer, but like, what's your ideal, like sort of career? Like what is it you would both like to end up doing if you could choose?
2: I've got a very not direct answer for this one, basically. Because I was asked this before in like an interview I did, and I've realised from doing different things, so being an actor like being a musician, teaching, anything like that, and obviously now composing and being as a creative. Literally just being in a rehearsal room for a show, for me, is enough. And I would see myself working as a composer, potentially a musical director at some point, maybe even a director if I decide to go in that direction, or as a performer. I think my ultimate love is to be on stage, but I genuinely think I would be happy doing anything of that sort, like on a show, just being in a theatre, being part of that process and just mm. making that show come to life. Just being a part of it really is the, is the kind of the, the love of it. So yeah, although I do love acting and I love being yeah. on stage. So I think I'd always end up coming back to that. But essentially it's just kind of that whole reward of being part of a show and being part of such a big thing with so many yeah. other people. That it's just really rewarding yeah.
1: a lovely answer yeah very nice answer how about how about you ben
0: thinking about an ideal career in the creative industry one of my big things is that i hope that me and lucy keep on writing i hope that we keep yeah making shows. i hope that this show has more of a life i'd love this show to continue because it's become our little yeah. like our bring little it to song. scotland bring it to scotland that yeah. i can come and see easier. Yeah. <laughs>
2: come to the fringe we actually yeah. could
0: yeah, yeah, yeah like, could. No, it's kind of fun from here has become like a little bit of a favorite child of ours now i think yeah yeah Yeah, similarly to lucy really i know it's it's quite a a non-committal answer but just to keep being creative just to to find those opportunities to be creative whether that's as musical direction or performance really they're the two main things that i want to to keep doing as well as the composition and yeah just to just to keep being a part of the process
1: Great. No, that that's great. I, I think most people I speak to, we all we all just want to make a living being a creative and being able to actually do that.
0: Just get a real job.
1: Which segues me very nicely into probably our most popular question. It's the sort of the name of the podcast, but we'd all had to work a part-time job or a quote real job that we'd not very much enjoyed to support our art. So, like, what are the worst part-time jobs you'd ever had to work?
2: god i don't want to name and shame anyone you don't have to name
1: the company i may disclose you don't have to name them but you can if you want we will not stop you from naming
2: (laughs) to be fair i've not had the worst experience working in jobs i mean i think the definitely the the worst thing i've done is working in a retail store um just because it's like you're on your feet all day it's like this it's so boring like there's just nothing to stimulate you and it's just some of the customers you get are just not nice, which is the same as a hospitality really, but it's retail. It's very similar. I think that was my least enjoyable experience working. But luckily, I didn't do it for too long. So yeah.
0: Yeah, that's. Fair. I um, So I worked for a little while whilst we were in Guildford in a a big supermarket.
1: Um, does it rain with, with? Okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with the blue one. Right, right, right.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I worked in the the freezer department. That was where I was. Where I was put the freezers in the blue supermarket. The the evening time shifts. Had my little fleece. Had my little gloves. I was just stocking ice creams most of the time.
1: It just said the blue one on it, right? Yeah,
0: on the yeah, the, the blue but, one. Yeah. But no, I mean, it, it was it was it was generally like so it was generally all right. It, it did the job it needed to do until I once got locked in the big freezer by my manager (sighs) uh, who I was in there. I was in there pulling out a cage of, I don't know, probably chicken nuggets or something by this point to go and stock on the, back in the freezers. And he walked past, not knowing I was in there, shut the door. I was going, (laughs) I don't think you can open that from the inside. I went to check. Oh, no couldn't so um just had to bang very loudly and luckily he did come back and heard me but it's kind how of long those you,
1: how long were you in the freezer for that's like genuinely horrible
0: i'll make it sound really dramatic it was only a couple of minutes in the end but yeah. um <laughs> it probably felt like a, it probably felt like a lifetime exactly. though, right? I, I was i was getting ready i was getting ready to have a film made about me uh at, at
1: that point i was ready i was so ready for the blockbuster you about my drama queen <laughs> I love it. No, the reason we ask this question is it's just it makes us all feel better because we do all have to sometimes work a job to like pay the bills. So thank you for for sharing your answers. And my last question is, and you both offered some advice throughout, but sort of like to get our guests to sort of offer their advice to anyone who maybe wants to work in the arts, but particularly maybe in musical theatre and, and being a composer and stuff. What would your advice be to anyone who wants to get into that, or anyone who's in maybe in your position right now? What would the tips and advice for them be from you guys?
2: I think if you, especially if you're wanting to audition for say drama school. Or, or something. Never think that you're not good enough because you're not at a certain point now. Like, they're always going to be looking for potential and kind of someone that is willing to learn and someone that is ambitious and really just has a passion for it like you're going to keep learning throughout your career so you don't want to be at one point like you want to be able to improve and learn so never think oh I can't do this discipline so I'm not going to because I was always worried because I was never a good dancer and I've come a long yeah. way since I started GSA and I've been more confident just, like I'm, ha- I'm happy now with my ability of that so yeah and just practice just practice as much as you can and just have good knowledge of songs and styles and you know just really make sure it's what you love doing and be passionate about it because it's hard it's hard it? <laughs> it's, it's hard.
0: very hard isn't it and in terms of, so in terms of writing i don't want to give the cliched advices which is if you have an idea write it
1: because I, I don't feel like that's, that's literally it. every week just do it just do it but, you know? but, so <laughs> it's still like, valid I'm, though it's still valid i'm
0: gonna give, I'm gonna give an alternative yeah it's, it's a very valid thing to say but obviously, some things are going to work better than others. So obviously, if you've got an idea and you're going to write it, just do it. Yes. But the advice I would give is this. If you write something down, you can always scrap it. If you never write it down, you never know if it's going to be good. I love that. That's great advice. That. Thank you. That's yeah, awesome. I'll take it's that like, on board myself. We're, 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 we're very quick to do it as writers. Like, if we write, if if we have something down on paper that's been in our heads and we go, yeah, that's enough, then we can just go, okay, move on. Whereas if we never wrote it down, we never know. So
2: But also as well, like, you know, if you come up with something and you write it and then you realise you don't like it, like, or, you know, you can have a break from it, you can always come back to it. So write it down, write it, write whatever you can. You can come back to it in a year or so and you might have this amazing idea and it becomes the best song you've ever written. So. Yeah.
0: So basically, just do it, but said in a different way for a bit
2: of
1: Don't variety. do it. <laughs> <laughs> good save. Good. No, it was great. No, thank you very much. And guys, this has been very, very enjoyable. Thank you for giving me your time today. It's been great. I'll let you both remind the listeners where they can come see your show and where they can find you and stuff.
2: Yes. So, the cheesy Playhouse, we are on till the 7th of August. The title of the show is called From Here. And you can put your tickets at
0: www.chiswickplayhouse.co.uk forward slash from here there the cast are incredible the whole creative team are incredible it's probably the cheapest ticket you will ever get
1: to come and see
0: these people uh, on stage to see a new musical come and see it
1: please brilliant (laughs) that was a very very professionally done i imagine you've done that a few times recently but well 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 played Uh, but genuinely thank you very much for your time I've I've loved this conversation, thanks guys thank Thank you,
2: you. it's been so fun
0: some great questions,
1: thank you So you go, that was my conversation with Ben and Lucy. Very, very grateful to them again for giving us their time. I just want to also give a quick shout out to Daniel for setting up then, it'd be very much appreciated to him. So yeah, if you want to find out a bit more about Ben and Lucy's work, there are links to some of their stuff in the show notes. Remember, go and check out their musical if you're based around London as well. From here, it sounds very, very good from what they said, and I'm sure they'd very much appreciate it if you could make it along to support them. But as always, as well, if you're enjoying the podcast, there are lots of things you could do. Do you know what they are, Elliot? Do you wanna you want to help out?
0: You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts <laughs> or wherever you get your
1: podcasts. There we go, there's one of them. Another thing you can do is you can share us on social media or you can tell friends and family to listen. And Ellie, what's the last thing? <laughs> we we have to say the same thing every week So it's, it's, it's good to just You know, make do it a bit different I know we go on about this every week And to our regular listeners, you're probably sick of us saying this But honestly, it means a lot to us that we And we need the support Because independent podcasts really struggle Most of you know this anyway But as always, thank you very, very much for listening We'll be back again next week with another episode So wherever you are in the world I hope you're well And we'll see you soon, Elliot Ciao.
0: <laughs> Just get a real job.